The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show. And the dismantling of the Oakland Raiders continues as Bruce Irvin is released midseason. Boy, what a potty. That and more here on show 516. Well, Ritter Nation, has it been an un, I guess, an unnatural or not normal or whatever you want to call it season for the Oakland Raiders? This also has an effect on our show. So instead of having multiple topics to speak about, I'm just going to go on a rant and then do the bone line because there's not much to say about the games. San Diego's coming to town. They're going to kick the shit out of us and then leave because they're a better team, a better run, they're better managed. And certainly, they're better owned. So, I'm not going to bother with San Diego because it is going to be a blowout of momentous proportions. I wouldn't doubt that they take Rivers out in the third or fourth quarter because it will be so embarrassing for us yet again. I see us at 1-8 and eight after Sunday. So be it. Not my monkey. Certainly not my circus. And so, you know, I can't get too emotional. Although, I certainly do. There's things that have upset me quite a bit. Bruce Irvin, of course, as you know, was released by the Oakland Raiders. He was picked up by the Falcons. And here's the thing about this move. He released Irvin, I'm sure, because he's a good dude. And he don't want to play for a losing organization. He's not going to be here next year. So he'll get his $8 million. He's going to get paid for sure. He went to the Falcons. They're going to pay him like $1.5 million, uh, which will offset the last portion, I guess. Uh, that the Raiders aren't going to pay him. But good for Bruce. Appreciate your effort, bro. Um, And that's just about that. That was our last pass rusher, folks. (laughs) We brought in a couple of yo-hos, our people who are out on the couch, not worthy of playing. I doubt that there's an impact, you know, because we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. I really don't care who they bring in. Uh, Gruden's complaining about our special teams, yet he let go of Trevecchio, who is doing a fine job, and Marquette King, who is still available on the market. He should bring King in because he's a best kicker, um, punter anyways, that we've had since Leckler. I don't know what's going on with Gruden. He's a head case. There's no doubt in my mind. That is a disappointing performance on all levels and it's it's the players didn't execute but really as i said weeks ago they are a poorly coached football team and i just can't uh, i can't understand how john has allowed this to occur what's his plan he's gonna just keep building the oakland raiders so sick and tired of hearing that bullshit i can't even tell you 
boy, the Raiders are bad, and they're not very entertaining, which is uh, kind of a summation. Uh, I feel for John. Uh, I think the— You do? You feel for Yes, him? I feel for him. I like him. Uh, he's a good person. You all want to pummel him. Uh, I, you know, he was the guy that the Bay Area and the Raider Nation loved forever. He's the one that got away, and now he's been back, and, uh, you know, it's just turned awful. But um, I, I think his assessment of the roster before he accepted the job, uh, I'd like to know what he was looking when he was, you know, in the bowels looking at the, the, the team from last year. Uh, in January, what he was thinking he was getting himself into when he came out on Groundhog's Day and went to the Combine. So uh, he obviously does not like his roster in any way. I think there's going to be a tremendous change. There's there's no doubt. I, I don't even know who on that team is a keeper, including the the uh, the quarterback. Uh, the one thing, uh, the, when, when the Raiders decided to let Jack Del Rio go, on New Year's Eve Day last year in Carson. And really, the the reason they did that is that John said, finally, yes, I'll do it. I'll take your $100 million. Uh, but the, the, one of the items, and they were, you know, I, I, if John could have said yes, I wonder if John would have said I'd take the job right after he did, you know, the one playoff game in Houston after Jack won 12 games that year. I, I wonder what they would have done. Uh, would they have fired Jack Del Rio then and the entire staff off a 12-win season when you, you know, when before Derek got hurt, I think you were arguably the second or third best team in the AFC behind New England and right there at Pittsburgh. But, uh, but the one thing Mark McDane, and, you know, it's obvious that they, John just said, I, I, I will take the job. But the one thing he cited on letting Jack and his staff go, and I didn't think Jack Del Rio was a great head coach. Don't get me wrong. I think they were, they were poorly coached. But the one thing he cited was the string of lopsided losses at the end of last year's season. And the Raiders had a lot of heartbreaking losses early this year. But the game in, in Carson against the Chargers, it was not 26-10. to 10. You got a bogus touchdown at the end of the game to Jordy Nelson. That actually should have been a penalty. You got blown out there. You got blown out in London. You come off the bye and you come home. And you give up 21 points in the fourth quarter to Andrew Luck and the Colts, and you wind up losing by 14. And last night, uh, it could have been worse. It really could have been. So they, you know, all the things that you cited on making a coaching change is not improved. And it's not only the head coach. There are 30 coaches on that roster. You fired a whole staff of coaches and the head coach. Jack Del Rio is not getting, he's not gotten a job. There's no offset clause there. And uh, they they are not any better coached. They I don't want, I'm not going to say they're worse coached, but they are not better coached. I think John's doing things creatively, offensively. The issue is with the defense, obviously, just god awful. I mean, I remember my first year with the Raiders in '97, Joe Bugle's team. They were dead last in the NFL versus the run and the pass, and that's almost impossible to do <laughs> because if you're you know giving it up on one area, they're going to keep doing that. They didn't care. They could do both. That's how bad they were. And I remember flying with Al Davis after a loss in Kansas City when Rich Cannon ran around on him, and he was so embarrassed, and he said, I, I will fix this defense. The D- He was going on and on about the defense. They got better. You know, they hired Willie Shaw, David Shaw's uh, father. They brought in Bresnahan, which helped John when John got here. But right now, the defense, it, it's hard to defend that defense. They are, uh, And it's easy for people to say they're not trying. I think they are. They are inept. 
defensively. What and about the outfits, does, Pop? What about I'm going to the get there in a minute. I'm going right. to get there in a minute, Bonte. I'm eager there, to hear what you got to say about Carl. Well, I'm gonna, hold on. I, this, the, the, right. It starts with a lack of pass rush. And, you know, the Raiders have seven quarterback sacks in the entire year. Last night, the 49ers, they don't have a great pass rush, but they're getting better. Obviously, Dakota Watson played great last night. Uh, Cassius Marsh is really playing well here lately. Yeah, I like it. They had eight quarterback yeah. sacks last night. But uh, the Raiders only have seven sacks. <laughs> and when they tried to blitz, uh, an undrafted rookie carved you up. The Richie James Jr. play over the middle was off a of blitz. Uh, so you're, just, you're not getting there. The veteran guys that you brought in are playing terribly. Whitehead, Johnson, Lemure. Uh, Leon Hall was playing well for a while. Where's Nick Nelson? Is he healthy? Uh, Marcus Gilchrist, I thought was a good player in Houston. He's just playing terribly. His angles are awful. Reggie Nelson's still playing. So uh, he's going to have to make a hard choice here with his staff. Because after a game like that, when you get rolled like that, somebody gets fired in Alameda. And uh, it's not going to be the head coach. That's obvious. Uh, after a performance like last night, and it's one of the worst games I've seen the Raiders play from top to bottom. The game in St. Louis when they got jet sweeped to death on that carpet and lost 52 to nothing was the worst one I've seen. But that may have been the worst performance of a John Gruden coach football team. Uh, and they, they just they, they were undisciplined. That's the only word I could say. There's nothing the 49ers did that would surprise you. They did smartly jump into the turbo. The Raiders have been plagued by no huddle offenses forever, ever and ever. And they don't handle the zone blocking scheme well because they don't fit it well. They overflow it on the second and third level, and they give up, you know, big runs. They got inside runs ran all over them. And then, you know, then all the complimentary passing game, they're just dropping that. But the point is, you know, Al's dead. The building's completely different. You went and got your guy who was supposed to be the panacea, the magic elixir. And he's just not – the offense is fine. I'll get into Derek. Derek is you're, – you're turning Derek Carr into David Carr. Mm. And then you're going to have mm. a problem. you got to get better tackle play. And I think McGlinchey going nine to the 49ers, that coin flip uh, at the combine really changed the fortunes. You don't have any tackles. You're playing Kalecio Semele a tackle? I mean, dear Lord. Special teams is the most special needs teams – in the entire league. Our field position blows every down that they, you know, they can't kick the ball 24 yards. Can't make a field goal. Can't kick the ball into the end zone. It's freaking pathetic. As somebody's going to have to answer for this, and, and Rich Bisaccia, uh their special teams are not effective. Uh, the punter has been a tremendous disappointment. You got rid of Marquette King, and Marquette... Wasn't going to do what Bisaccia wanted. He's not a directional punter. He's just a guy to let it rip like Shane was when he was younger. But Johnny Townsend is having a terrible year. Terrible year. And, you know, I think you didn't want Giorgio Tavecchio because you didn't want a left-footed kicker. How many place kickers have they gone through? I've lost track. (laughs) And the guy you bring in got cut in Minnesota when he gave it up opening day. Or the second game of the year. So Daniel Carlson missing. So, you know, quality coaches are not doing a good job here. The O-line? O-line's missing. That's a very expensive offensive line. Donald D. Pens is out. He'll be out because he ain't coming back to a losing team. 
And now over to the offense. I think John's still doing things creatively. The, 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 the basic main issue you have is the tackles are awful. Uh, and the, the interior line's not playing as well. I think Kelechi's hurt. But they're, you got a lot of money in that interior three. They're good players. They're not playing as well as they have in the past. But your problems are the tackles. And Donald Penn's injury set off a series of dominoes. When he got hurt in Denver, after Derek got hurt the week before, he missed the game in Houston. He holds out. He gets. He just. It's just been your tackles are awful. I mean, Colt Miller. Uh, I thought he played better against the Colts. Uh, he was clearly hurt in London. Couldn't get out of his kickstart, and he's hurt again. And you wind up, you know, having to take him out. Brandon Parker. How many penalties did he have last night? I was losing track. You bring in Ian Silverman, he's not a tackle in the league. It got so bad, you had to move your Pro Bowl left guard out to tackle. And Kelechi's a mauler inside this stage of his career. He does not have the feet to be playing tackle, and he's playing hurt. He has a knee injury as well. So in a situation like that, John, you got to go max protection here. you got to have double tights, and you gotta you got to block their front. How many times did he give Dakota Watson, Cassius Marsh, a short corner? Uh, and, the, and the 49ers were not running their usual stunt game. They, they didn't loop a whole lot. Their guys just whipped your ass. Cassius Marsh, Dakota Watson, you tried to double DeForest Buckner early in the game, and he split the double team. It's You're getting mauled. So the San Diego, excuse me, the San Francisco 49er game, let's not forget about that embarrassment. Well, I'm just trying to get people excited about the Oakland Raiders. I know it's not looking pretty right now. We're going to build a championship football team. What a start for Nick Mullins. Touchdown, 49ers. What a night. That was terrible. Uh, That's not good. No, it wasn't good for the silver and black. And welcome to the Afternoon Delight here on a Friday afternoon. Pop, the last battle of the Bay was last night. And it was fun at Levi's Stadium, unless you were wearing silver and black. Yeah, and there were a lot of fans wearing silver yep. and black. We'll get into the game. But right. overall, I had fun. So, I, yeah. you know, the golf cart picked me up, so I got down to the sideline, and I saw Mark Bedane. I saw Tom Cable. I saw a lot of Raider personnel that I haven't seen all year. They're having a hard year. There's no right. doubt about it. And then, I, you know, I watched Nick Mullins, and by that time it was confirmed. And, uh, boy, Montajitas was on point. And then the game, I, you know, I think it was pretty peaceful. Overall, right. I you know I, inter- I interacted with a lot of Raider fans, a ton right. of Raider fans. I I met one guy who was a father who was a Raider fan, and his son was a Niner fan. Right. It was great. There was one brawl right. in the end zone of the fourth quarter that looked like you know back to 2011, but right. just the one. Outside of that, you know, this is the last time they're going to do this. Obviously, yep. in the Battle of the Bay, and it was a bludgeoning on the field. There's no doubt about that. But overall, I think it was a celebration of the two Bay Area football teams last night. No, I saw a lot of couples. You know, you, you'll see you'll see a guy in his Raiders gear. You'll see the girl in their Niners gear. There was a lot of that yesterday. It was all peaceful. It was all love. And, you know, I've been to a lot of football games where there's been a fight or two. So you had one fight there. It's going to get magnified because of the two teams and the two fan bases. But I thought it was a great night at Levi's. It was loud. Um, I know some of the seats weren't filled right away at kickoff, but it was loud. Pop fans were into it. It was it was, it was was vibing down at Levi's. Stadium. As the young kids say, it was lit. Let's take a quick call, Pop. Don, in the city, he wants to talk about the Oakland Raiders in the Battle of the Bay. Don, what's up, man? You're on 95.7 The Game. Oh, right on, man. I'm on my lunchtime. It's a beautiful day out here in the city, and with that win last night from the Niners, it's even better today. But, uh, 
Yeah, I just want to comment on, you know, I feel kind of sorry for the Raiders, man. It looks like Gruden is just uh, is just this tearing the whole franchise up, him and Mark Davis. I hate to see that because they, they were our rivals, and now they're moving, and, yeah, they just it just went all bad for them. I don't hate them that much. <laughs> wow, it's it gotten so bad. Night. The 49er faithful uh, feels sorry for the Raiders. Is that what it's become? That's wow. what it's become. They feel so. I felt sorry for the Raiders faithful yesterday. How could you not? They were getting their brains beat in. John Gruden, as you said, called uncle there. They didn't. I, did they even throw a pass in the fourth quarter? I don't remember. 49ers kicked their ass. <laughs> we scored three points. Derek Carr's regressed severely. I don't think he even played this bad in high school. The play that bothered me the most. Of all of them, early in the game, you're down 7-3. to three. Or actually, it was the first drive, I think, when you were driving for the field goal to start the game. Right. And you were in the red zone. He rolls out to his right. The 49ers have both levels covered well. There's nowhere to go with the ball. So what does he do? He runs out of bounds, puts the ball in his upfield left hand, like he's trying to gain every yard that he can before he goes out of bounds. <laughs> Dude. Throw the ball out of bounds, and it's not a sack. Is this his first game? Looked like it. That was that. That is mentally not prepared for the moment. That is non-situational football. You do that with Belichick, and you get benched or cut. Derek, this is not your first game. What are you putting the ball in your left hand to get every yard? Before you go out of bounds, just throw the ball out of bounds. That got Solomon Thomas a sack, you know. (laughs) I was trying to figure out, when the hell did Solomon Thomas sack anybody? (laughs) When Derek Carr gave him one by running out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, Monta. That's football 101. But he's playing bad football because he's afraid. He's getting pummeled. Got sacked seven times or some ridiculous amount again. Hurt his shoulder or whatever he did. No tears. I don't care if he had tears. I mean, if I bro- you broke your collarbone, bet you you'd have a few tears as well. Not that he did, but he was afraid he did. He just wants to play. You know, he wants to play for the Raiders. And the funniest thing is, here's a quote by Carr. I'm not going anywhere. Well, bro, you got no control of where you go. Carr will be cut after this season. John Gruden was hailed as this offensive genius, and I get it. You don't have your tackles. The blocking is bad right now. The, the broken car may need a new destination. He may need to get out of Oakland and need a fresh start here. I don't think it's going to work here. That's just my honest opinion. What I see from a guy, you know, before before he got hurt in, against Indianapolis on a Christmas Eve in 2016, I saw a young man who was letting it rip through it deep, did not matter, held on to the ball, stood tall in the pocket, this new Derek Carr after the injury, throwing it within two seconds, checking it down, not letting routes develop. I, I think if I'm Derek Carr, I'm calling my agent. I'm saying, get me out of Oakland, California here. Carr will be cut after this season. You can put your money on it because that's what's happening. He's not the quarterback for Gruden. Gruden's a liar. And incidentally, that does disrupt the entire team, not just the locker room because if I was a player – and he brought me inside, really like what you're doing. You're doing great things, blah, 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 blah. And two days later, he cuts you. Well, that's the kind of coach he is. John Gruden's not a patient guy. He is not. This is not his nature. So I don't know what he's doing daily there. I think he's grinding. The coaching staff around him on the offensive side likes him, and this is their first time interacting with them, many of them. And he, John's, a, John's a worker, uh, but he's not a patient person. 
He's never been. So, and Jeff Garcia will speak to this more because he was there. Uh, I just don't, I, I just, uh, Derek Carr's got to play better here. There's, there's just no other way around it. He needs to play better the remainder of the year. That is what this is all about here. And I think you got to give him a chance by keeping him upright. Pop, and, do you think there's any slight chance that we'll see A.J. McCarron start a football game yeah, at possibly. any point this well, season? Derek could get hurt, Ponte. Yeah. He could get hurt. I thought he was going to get hurt in London. Uh, I think you may want to take a look at McCarron anyway. But I think the the main thing is to you got to have enough info on what Derek is. And the first thing you got to do is you got to give him a chance to throw the ball. The offensive line is breaking down. And uh, Tom Cable, to your point, uh, you know, his own blocking scheme, The off- Russell Wilson could, could make guys miss in space. He had a tremendous ability to just dodge away from the line. And his natural movement skills, most of his big plays, or a lot of his big plays early in his career, were the off-script play. He, he, did, he did not become a pocket quarterback until the last three years or so. Before that, it was he would just keep plays alive. He would Fran Tarkins and, uh, you know, spin and turn, and all of a sudden somebody's dropped, and he can, you know, balloon the ball down the field. Uh, so, you know, I think Russell Wilson saved a lot of it. But even the last couple of years with Tom's line in Seattle, they, he just couldn't protect. And uh, it's because they didn't put money in the offensive line, which is what I thought what they would do in the offseason is to go to Kelechi, Rodney, and Gabe and ask them all to take pay cuts is what I thought they would do. I thought they would say, well, we just got too much money in the interior three, and we love the interior three, but we can't, we, 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 we're, you know, we, we don't have any tackles here. We got to get tackles. I, losing that coin flip to Rod Woodson, Bonte, I'm just telling you, McGlinchey, whether he's your left tackle or your right tackle, he would be the guy. And I, I think, you know, edge speed does bother him, but he's a mauler in the run game. Colton Miller, I just have to hope he's hurt because we watched him, you know, after he got drafted. We had Jim Mora Jr. on the next day, very athletic. I like Colton Miller. I thought he was a good player. I, you just have to hope that he's hurt. And he wound up leaving the game early last night. Uh, he was better against Indianapolis, but the, the game in London, he's, he's oh, not Lord. that bad of a player. He's just playing hurt. Cooper, who was traded to the Cowboys, promptly made a touchdown, and their quarterback's having issues. It's not Cooper's fault. Good for Coop. Good for Mac. I'm glad they're out of this toxic environment. And anybody else get the hell out of Oakland before they move because it's going to get uglier before it gets any better. Seriously, Greg, looking at the Battle of the Bay and all those Raider fans, looking at everything, the way they performed here, and knowing that this team is leaving. They are leaving, and they dismantled this team in a blink of an eye. Khalil Mack's gone. Amari Cooper's gone. Gary and Conley looks like a, those are separate transactions. I know that, but it's transactions. You're no, losing playmakers here. Amari should you're have been traded. Khalil was the mistake. Come on. You're, you're, you're losing playmakers, Pop. You're, Reggie Nelson, you're sign, signing all these veterans. Why just Reggie's sign? been here for years, but right, this is not his John Gruden. Well, he brought him back. Nelson he here. brought him back. He brought him back. He also he also brought in uh, Rashawn Melvin, and he's not playing him. I mean, this is bad, Pop. How, how can how can anybody I, I, you know defend what, what John Gruden is doing going, right now? He, it's going it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. You better you know lock the front door, cl- close up the shutters, go under the bed. It's going to go worse. You're going to have to ride this year out. There's no doubt. And I'm telling you, there's a chance they could go one in fifteen. I'm a Raider fan. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not a situational fan. I'm not a fair weather fan. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to grind it out through the dark years. 
and and we will be great again. We will return to greatness. You know, it's football. It's how it goes. And, uh, you know, I can disagree with some of the calls that they're making, but at the end of the day, they're, they're a coach. You know, they're a GM. They're in these positions for a reason, and I, that's why I'm a fan. So, you know, that was hard to watch last night. I had a blast. It was historic. It was the last battle of the Bay. It's unfortunate. It went the way it did. But, you know, moving forward, I'm very hopeful for the future. I'm hopeful for five first-round draft picks in the next two years. Uh, I'm going to follow this team. I'm not dropping off. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to follow my Raiders uh, until the very end. So, you know, Raider Nation, keep your heads up. We will return to greatness one day. I appreciate you guys taking my call. Have a good one. You too, Tim. Well said. I think he speaks for a lot of the people that I know that are Raider fans. They, 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 they've seen worse than this. And you know what? Uh, worse may be coming. <laughs> I, honestly, uh, I don't know. One thing I will say here, when you look at their schedule, they may not win another game the rest of the year. It's possible. It is possible. It's possible they go 1-15. I, I, I mean, I'm not, you would not pick them to beat any of these teams. They have the Chargers, the Cardinals on the road, at Baltimore, Kansas City and Pittsburgh at home, at Cincinnati, Denver, at Arrowhead. You tell me who they're going to beat. And what, what was always was the occasion, the, the, the circumstance with the Raiders when Al was alive, you had to get off to a good start. Because if you didn't get off to a good start, he would make the environment there so toxic where everybody was looking for their, for their own ass because he was going to make it clear that you're all, you know, the ones that he was unhappy with, and you could tell because he wouldn't talk to you, that you're gone. And I think John, you know, as much as they fought, I think there's a lot of similarities between John and Al. And I, it's just it's going to become a difficult environment now to beat any of these teams. You got gifted a game by Hugh Jackson. That game, you should have lost that game. So thank goodness you won that one. It was a freebie. Thank you, Hugh. Otherwise, you were looking at possibly going over. And honestly, Bonte, when you look at the remainder of the schedule, I don't know who they're going to beat. So the Arizona and, Cardinals, maybe, maybe that's not, the one in game. Arizona. The, 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 the Niners <laughs> lost to those guys aren't they? down in the desert. Yeah, I know. Maybe the Broncos. I I don't know. I'm with you here. It is tough to find a win on the schedule. Nick Frickin Mullins, rookie out of Mississippi State, just. Piled it on us, man. Just beat the living crap out of the Raiders. How will you remember the last Battle of the Bay? 49ers kicked their living ass. The Battle of the Bay, all this big bull crap about the Bay. It's over because we're leaving. Or, excuse me, the Raiders are leaving. I ain't leaving. Raiders are leaving the Bay. So the Battle of the Bay is a popcorn fart worthless as far as anything I can see. And I'll have to give the 49ers this much. They started, they were the first ones to be a Bay Area team, and they never left the Bay Area. As opposed to the Raiders, like a bouncing ping pong ball, seems to not find their way. Finally, they found their way, leaving a bunch of dismantled fans, pipe dreams, horse crap, and lies in their wake. Michael Irvin joined us yesterday, the playmaker, and he talked about how this game was important for Gruden on the national level. And we kind of laughed at that a little bit here. We said, hey, this game is important for both franchises here. But looking at the 10-year contract and to see the Raiders lose to the 49ers, who are starting basically a guy 
off the practice squad, it turned off a lot of Raider fans. I saw them yesterday in the crowd, saw a lot of people after the game. They they were disgusted. They were ready to throw their Raider jerseys in the trash can here. Do you think last night was a final nail in the coffin for some what, for some Oakland Raider mean? fans? What does that mean? They're not going to show up? Come on. Not going to show talking, up? You're not talking to Raider team. Nation, the black hole. No, you could go on and on. I've seen worse. And you see Art Shell and Tom Walsh, their offense, two wins. But we knew they were coming back to Oakland, California. We know this team only has a year and a half left in Oakland, hey, California. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody. There are a lot of diehard Raider fans that I uh, interact with constantly that are never going to leave this team. Coach Flores and I did a Booster Club event the night before the season opener. We sat and watched Khalil Mack wreck that game against Aaron Rodgers. They don't care. They, they, they love the Raiders. They will love the Raiders forever. Some, yes, will be turned off. The, they're turning off the televisions. The ratings are down in the sixes now. But when Phillip Rivers comes in to play them on November the 11th and 105, it's going to be the same. 2016, the Raiders won 12 games with Jack Del Rio. Not the best coach, but a decent coach. I truly feel if Jack would have kept his offensive coordinator, we, we'd have done even better. But we have to understand the deeper problems of this organization go to the ownership, which is Mo Davis. What a pile of shit he is. And um, he's just trying to get value. He's trying to get his team to a point where someone will buy it. And the less big names he has on it, the best big, less big contracts he has on it, makes it more reasonable for an owner. You don't have to come in with all the money. Come in with just a little. Just enough for Mo to go play with the other two Stooges on his merry way to wherever. Coaching is garbage. Defensive coaching is garbage. Special teams coaching is garbage. The offensive line coaching, the basic cable guy, is garbage. We have no guards. We have tackles that are injured. Yet we cannot seem to get away from the zone blocking scheme, which depends on healthy guys. Why don't we just switch back to the power blocking scheme It seems to be pretty successful for us in the last few seasons anyway. Well, it's basic cable. Need I say more? And Tom Cable is an expert run-blocking line coach, but this is the fundamental concept with a zone scheme versus a power scheme, and it's why Al hated it, is because he thought that lighter offensive linemen could not hold up in pass protection. And he did not want that. He wants five- and seven-step drops. Now, this is a philosophical difference, and I think Tom Cable's evolved a little bit, but you're not protecting the quarterback. DJ and Sam Mattel wants to talk about the Raiders' offensive line here on the Afternoon Delight. DJ, what's happening, man? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, man, Greg Papabonte, you guys are the best. Hey, so I've been hearing a lot of people dog on Tom Cable, and I was, I'm from Seattle, and um, I watched him do for many years something with nothing. And he would take, I mean, they, they had no offensive line. They had the least paid offensive line in the league, and he made them serviceable, and he would take guys that nobody even knew, and he would turn them around. So I do believe that they are going to be, rebuilding and reconstructing and I don't think that everybody 
I think everybody's just doing a split-second decision right now and kind of freaking out, and they need to realize what's going on and that he's going to do this a different way than he's ever done it, patiently and methodically. He's thinking long game, not short game. And uh, I want to start a hashtag. I don't know what that really means, but hashtag Musgrave sucks. Later. Musgrave sucks. Wow. Bill Musgrave? No, Mill Musgrave does not suck. I I I thought that I, was I a think terrible he meant Musburger. Musburger. I think he meant Musburger. Okay, all right. Actually, I listened to him for the first time since the, he was, he's gotten. He's, he's actually, I thought he was pretty good last night. I didn't he listen. Got, to it, him. I, I, we we uh, replayed the game on ninety five seven. I haven't heard him since the very first. I listened to like two minutes of the first preseason game and couldn't listen anymore. I thought he got a lot better. He was uh, he was very excited when the Niners did things well. He he was a big Nick Mullins fan, but I thought his play calls were were much better. Cars regressed. I don't think he's thrown a pass past four or five yards in three games. The guy doesn't have any time. He stays in the pocket and gets pummeled. I mean, he used to run outside. He used to run outside, move the pocket. There's no pocket. <laughs> and then Derek Carr, Monte, when he came into the NFL, and I talked to him a lot about it off mic and on mic, the reason he was a second-round draft pick and not a first-round draft pick, a lot of factors, the shotgun at Fresno State, the bad bowl game against USC, and a lot of people to this day refer to him as David Carr and not Derek Carr. Can you get his name right? <laughs> but because he was David Carr's brother, they questioned his pocket poise. And Derek swore, I'm not going to be my older brother. I am not going to get pummeled 78 times my rookie year. And I think to the to make that not occur and to overcome that, he got rid of the ball way too quickly. He would not take hits. Well, right now, there were, there was that early third and forever, third and 23, early in the game, when it was, I think it was seven to three, he gets the ball out of his hands like it, like he's, you know, doesn't have oven mitts on and he's going to get something out of the top oven. And Jordy Nelson, where are you going to go with that ball? There's no one to block. It's not a bubble screen. You're basically saying, uncle, I give up. He gave, he did it again later in the game. So now you've got Derek. He's not trusting his line. And who would? They suck, especially the tackles. You don't have NFL tackles here at all. And But now he's also turning into David Carr. He's getting his brains beat in. The London game, and I was talking to Raider coaches before the game, and I, I said, I, just get him out of there without getting hurt. And they thought you're, he was going to get hurt in that game. You did not have a healthy offensive line. Your flanks are miserable. And now he's getting hit way too hard. He's lost, he's lost his pocket presence. He always struggled with it. Now he's not seeing down the field. So the first thing with John and Coach Cable, who are great at what they do, you've got to help these tackles. you got to put a tight end on each side. you got to play Keith Smith more. How many snaps did he get last night? you got to, you got to, you got to, you almost to need to go game. unbalanced sometimes and play yeah. with multiple tackles or, you know, the fixing of the broken car. He's going to break again. You're going to get him hurt again. So, John, the passing game and everything is fine, but your quarterback is getting mauled. Don't turn into Mike Martz, John. You can't go scat protection all the time. If your tackles aren't good enough and you can't find guys that are better, you got to help them. you got, you got to go double tights and you got to go max protection and one-man route sometimes. I don't know. But the quarterback right now, he does not trust the offensive line, and who the hell would? We're headed to a 1-15 season, folks. 
1 and 15. The gall of Gruden to say that he has guys calling him up all the time that want to be a part of it. Want to be a part of this travesty, unhealthy locker room, toxic environment, coaches that won't be here. Who wants to be a part of that? You think someone really, honestly, a good player that wants to be out on the field and show his stuff wants to be part of the Raiders? Gruden in an interview with Howie Long, and this I I caught when it is about three hours before the game. Uh, he told Howie Long in the interview that he gets calls from players dying to play for the Silver and Black, and he stood by that sentiment yesterday in the post game press conference. And I just don't get why you would say something like that. I just don't get why you need to tell the world, "Hey, I got players calling me left and right." And I love Kawakabi's question, saying, "Well, what type of players are they? Are they high level players or are they B level players? What type of players are you talking about? What did you think of that, Pop?" Well, I I, I didn't hear it. Uh, he love. What he's trying to do is build up the brand, and you're going to find out what he's talking about in March. I don't know what John Gruden is smoking, but pass some over here. Matter of fact, you better share it with the rest of the fan base because we all need it. Because we don't see it. Because it's a popcorn fart. It's not there. Here's the worst thing about it, and I'll leave it on this, then I'll go to the bone line. The worst part about it is he is going to get people that are free agents next year. He's going to get a few of them, like Randy Moss or Warren Sapp. You know, guys that are at the end of their career that just want to get a paycheck and don't want to play. That's what we're going to get. We're going backwards in that general direction. He is going to overpay for players at the end of their career, to try to put something together here in Oakland. That's what he's going to do. I don't understand why he didn't overpay Mac, because that would have been a great thing. So what is he saying? That they're going to buy players? Uh, They're going to do it through drafting, obviously. You have to, and that's why he's traded Amara, and he traded Khalil, and you got three picks this year and two more. After that, before you go to Vegas, you got five selections. So he's going to do it through the draft, but he's also... Uh, saying that there are players in the league that want to come here. And as much as you want to pummel the Raiders, they do have a strong brand. There are players that do want to play for this franchise. There'll be some that'll be intrigued about the move to Las Vegas. There'll be some that don't want to touch it. But I, I think that could be attractive, and it could be unattractive, both. But by saying that he wants to be active in free agency, and he did this off season as well, he was blaming it on, they didn't have any cap space. They couldn't spend. He wanted to buy players. They just didn't have any room. Now he's got a lot of room. But my question to him would be, if you're really looking to buy players, because when you buy players in free agency in March, you overpay them. They have the leverage. They're unrestricted free agents. That's how they get these obscene amounts of money, is that owners compete with owners, and coaches and GMs compete with each other for player services. And you wind up overpaying them. I don't understand why he didn't overpay Mac, because that would have been a great thing. I certainly think it's part of the ownership's plan to sell the team. Nothing to do with winning. Mark don't want to win. Mark just wants to sell the team and have a pina colada out on Hawaii or wherever, Vegas. Why did you feel like you couldn't keep Khalil? And I, I hate to keep bringing it back. Uh, and I think he is he is 
taking this one for the owner. And they just could not afford to keep Khalil Mack. They could not do it. Uh, One day it may come out publicly. Somebody may say something. He's getting pummeled for that. And so it just makes no sense if you're going to overpay players why you wouldn't overpay your own player who you drafted, developed, became a monster that he is right now, and you had a mechanism to keep him. He was under contract for this year. He doesn't have to go anywhere. I don't understand it. From what I hear, he was going to come to camp the next week. From what I hear, what I gather from some players If he wanted to play football, that's what he was going to have to do. And if he didn't, you you know, you call Joel Siegel and say, I'm sorry, you know, Khalil needs to play this year, but we, you know, what are we going to do? we got to move on, and we're going to franchise tag him in the offseason as well. So he has nowhere to go. He's too good of a player. He's great, but I we, we had to buy this you know this offensive line, these the left guard, the center, and the right guard had up their salaries. We had to pay the quarterback. I don't know, and you know it does come back to Derek. Uh, John is an impatient guy. There's no doubt. Jeff Garcia will join us at two o'clock. He knows him. Uh, you know Jeff made a Pro Bowl one year, came back the next year, lost the season opener in New Orleans, and, and John benched him and told the whole team in front of everybody that I'm going to Brian Greasy. So John has little patience. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he was brought here to save Derek Carr. Uh, I, I don't know what he truly thinks of Derek Carr and his, his inability to see the field. Now, John's got to say to Tom Cable, we got to help him. We, we, he's lost his edge. He's looking at the rush too much. He's not looking downfield. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't want to be his brother, but he's getting hit. So I, I don't know, Bonte. What, I, I think ultimately the real remainder of this year is going to be, can they get Derek Carr to be back, you know, not even the player he was two years ago, just to be a representative player. Because last night when you were watching him play, I mean, he does not resemble a $25 million a year player. No, not Dear at all. Lord. No. And that's the reason you lost Khalil, yeah. who is a $25 million a year player. <laughs> How ironic. That's the $100 million question is uh, – can John do this? And, and, you know, is he really taking the advice of, of Reggie and Joey, Clink Scales and their guys, all their scouts that go out and do this for a living? Or is he just going to do what he wants? And that's, uh, I think there's a point here, and uh, no, no one's firing John, uh, but there's a point here where ownership is going to have to step in and uh, just figure out how they want to structure this for the for the foreseeable future, if he has complete autonomy to make these draft selections, how is that going to go? And believe me, every one of these draft picks, including especially the two you got from Chicago, are going to be analyzed. And uh, that's ultimately where it's at. And he's, he's just he's not a patient person, uh, but he's going to have to. I, I think he needs more people that he trusts in the building. John either trusts you or he doesn't know you. And then you have to earn its trust over time. I don't know what the relationship is there. I think they need to bring more Gruden people in that he really trusts. See what happens with his brother. If he, you know, I think they're doing well this year. Uh, you know, people that he really can lean on and have that kind of trust to help him here, because that, you know, he he cannot squander these draft picks. There's no doubt. And as far as firing people look bad in the media, you cannot worry about that. John does not worry about that. He will stand in front of the hot lights. And last night it looked bad for him with the visor on. And, you know, his whole energy level is way down. But he, he's not, you cannot be afraid if you're going to do this job of the media criticizing you. The hell with it. We don't, and it's not up to a public vote. 
if he feels like the defense is underachieving because they're being poorly coached, he has to do that. Now, he may not be at that point. He may just be looking at his older veteran defense and say, well, it's a Band-Aid we put on him because all the young guys Reggie drafted can't play. And Gary and Conley and Carl Joseph, and you go on and on. They are doing what Mark Davis said years ago. Remember when Al died and he hired Reggie and he said, we have to have a deconstruction first and then we can have the reconstruction. Well, they went through that. They went through the the big excuse, which I think is a huge excuse, but it's used by a lot of owners that don't want to pay, that we're in salary cap hell, we can't do that. So they went through all that. They deconstructed. They reconstructed. You thought you were good. Two years ago, you got 12 wins. You're, you're annihilating the Colts, and you may... You know, you may have hosted, everybody keeps going back on this, people in the NFL, that the Raiders, if Derek Carr stayed healthy, uh, they could have gone to Houston and beaten the Texans. You wouldn't have played that game. Do you understand? You would have, played you, would have had, you would have won Steelers. the AFC West. You would have had a bye. The Pittsburgh Steelers would have been coming into right. Oakland. That's what would have happened. Then if you beat them, then you're going to New England. So it was not going to Houston. That way, if Derek stays healthy, the Steelers are coming here, and there's no game on Wild Card Weekend. That's so. Though, so you deconstructed, you reconstructed, and now two years later, you are deconstructing again. Is that John? You got rid of Jack Del Rio. You wanted John. John's going to roll up his sleeves. He's got a ten-year contract, and he's going to blow the place up. And he's doing that, obviously. And you're going to have to ride this out. Uh, we'll see what they do the rest of the year and next year in the Oakland years, but they are obviously loading up on draft picks, and they're trying to time this out better than the 49ers did. They they could not time it out. When they moved into Levi's, they began to slide. The Raiders want to build back up and reconstruct, but right now you're in the deconstruction phase. Deconstruction is the Oakland end here. That's the way it's going to be, and then the reconstruction will be in 2020 when they're in Vegas. So... That's where we are. We're heading for a garage sale. That's why we're where we are. Nothing to do with the players. Players are playing great. The players are playing their best. They're doing their best not to get hurt. Doing their best to show talents they can go elsewhere. They're doing their best to maybe keep their job. They're doing the best just to keep the paycheck and the food on the table for their families. I do not blame them at all. So, squarely on Mark Davis's domed head, his bull haircut gleaming in the daylight, and on the sunlight and the moonlight. That is it. That is my appraisal of the Oakland Raiders. Um, I, last but not least, I think this coach should take this year's paycheck that he's getting and pay for everybody's seats that bought seats for this garbage the beginning of last season. Now, see, that would be a class act. That would show true care for the Oakland fan. Not a bunch of bullshit and hot air and lies that, honestly, I don't see how anyone will come and play for him. Who would want to play for a guy like this? I wouldn't. I wouldn't come here if it was the last team in the league. Trust me. And that is all I have to say about that. 
1-800-620-7181 is the bone line. Get on it. You know, it's past suicide hotline. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's coming gone. So, it is truly a just a venting because I'm sure everyone is to the point of no return on this year. And anyone thinking that anything could possibly be coming up that's positive in the next year is high. So high. Raiders don't have a place to play next season. I hope Oakland kicks their ass out of the Coliseum and they start to dismantle it immediately. That would be just fine with me. The good old days of the Raiders are over. Let's move on. Let's move on earlier than later. Get them out of here. I don't really care where they play next year. It'll also be another tanking season because they're they're not going to get anybody to play here. They might have some first-round rookies. Whatever. We'll see. So get on the bone line. Tell us what you're feeling because I've told you what I'm feeling. And uh, so let's see who's on the bone line first. And our first caller is the 360 Raider in Bellingham, Washington. What you got for us, my Raider brother? What is going on, Raider Nation? This is the 360 Raider checking in from Bellingham, Washington. Well, I think there's always five stages of uh, five stages of anger and with this uh, 2018 Oakland Raiders, I'm, I think, at the last stage of acceptance. This team is what this team is at this, at this, uh, at this point of the season. You know, we played seven games, and we are lucky, extremely lucky, to have stumbled upon a win, the one and six. Um, you know, this stretch of, of games – for this, for the, uh, you know, games 8 through 12. On paper, they all look winnable, but this team, the way this team performs, you know, they find ways, this team has found new ways to lose games that is just beyond anything anybody could ever imagine. Uh, Doug Martin has proved why he's, Washed up, yeah. He's got he's got uh, moments of brilliance, but then to you know cough up the ball at that point of the fourth quarter. First off, I don't understand why the hell we're running the ball at that at that point. Um, and then when we do get down fourteen, you know why we're doing these Duncan. Duncan doink passes, you know, to the to the to the flat. Okay, he's down 14, two minutes to go. Uh, you, you're not throwing this thing for three, four, three, four yards at a time. You're throwing it for like 20, 30, 40 yards at a time, and you're trying to you're trying to get touchdowns. Football coach, not a pro football player. I'm a casual fan, and I understand this concept why these coaches that are paid millions of dollars, um, John Gruden, 100 million, uh, 10 years, 
can't figure this out. You know, I'll, I'll come in and write this scheme for free. Just give me five minutes at the uh, at the equipment room for free swag. That's all you have to pay me, Mark Davis. Anyhow, um, got San Francisco on Thursday on a short week. Obviously, more questions than answers with this team at this point. Uh, the fire sale obviously continues. I think everybody is a fair game in open season and has their tag to, to, to get traded and sold. This team is not about – this regime, this team, they're not about winning in, in AD. They could say all they want to say that, oh, we're not going to take, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. Um, it's all – the writing's all on the wall here, folks. If you can't see it, well, then I don't know what else more to say. But uh, this this team will be lucky to string up another win or two wins. Uh, it won't be, you know, it won't be by uh, any brilliance. It will it will be by accident that they land a win or two more. I mean, you know, looking at looking at the rest, I, I don't even know anymore. Uh, one in 15 seems like a very good possibility. And it just goes to say what I've said about retreads in the past. You don't put the retreads back on the Ferrari uh, or on any car for that instance. But it is what it is. Uh, we're stuck with, we're stuck with Chucky. We're stuck with, uh, the other cast of buffoons he has with them. Don't understand why the hell this Greg Olson guy is back. Um, we all know damn well that he didn't do jack shit nothing for Goff in L.A. when he was with the Rams last year. Um, that was all uh, McVay. So for people to say that Greg Olson is some kind of like offensive whiz, offensive guru, yeah, right. Um, and Gruden was a quarterback whisperer uh, when he had Gannon. <laughs> so, anyways, the, the season is what it is. I am I'm at the point where it's like I can't wait for this nightmare to be over. Um, and at this stage, it's like, you know what, just, just fuck up and leave already. And get out of get out of Oakland. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just it's just a bad pop tart fart that stinks in the room at this point. Uh, I hate saying that about my team. You know, I'll probably get a lot of crap for it, and people are gonna say, "Well, this guy's not a real fan." Uh, you know, jump off the you know, jump off the wagon. And that's fine. I, I really don't care. Okay, I uh, I love this team, but I don't like the way that this team is operating right now. I, I don't recognize this team anymore. Well, I'm going to jump off. I'm rambling. And, you know, I'm just repeating myself. So with that, I'm out. Nicely done, bro. No, you just echoed everybody's thoughts. And listen, I've been, people have been giving me bullshit about quitting on the team and a bandwagon fan. I 
Bullshit. Anybody who's been listening to this 516 freaking shows, evidently, I'm still a fan because I'm still doing them. And it has nothing to do with the win-loss record or the coach or the ownership. The Raiders are my team, bro, like they are yours and the rest of us. So if we can't bitch about this team, who can? I'm certainly telling you that somebody from another team comes and starts popping off. I'm going to give them an earful because they don't have the right. They haven't been through the pain. And we're still going through the pain. And, you know, I'm sure the rest of this season I'll be turning the games off. I'm totally telling you the truth. We get down by two touchdowns at the half. I'll turn it to, I don't care, the sound of music. Whatever else is playing has got to be more entertaining because, Greg, I can't see the field from here, Olsen, was garbage the last time we had him, and he's made a reappearance because they don't want to win, bro. Raiders do not want to win no matter what they say. It is a complete lie. That you can depend on. I appreciate the call, brother. And you're not a bandwagon fan. You're a Raider fan. And our next caller is the Tropical Woodpecker Raider. I love that handle, bro. What do you have is from the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Aloha, Raider Nation. This is the Tropical Woodpecker Raider calling from Makaha, Hawaii. Hey, I've been trying to figure out why this year I'm so upset. I mean, I should be used to this by now. We've been we've sucked for so long, but this year I've been so upset, and I finally figured it out. But since I want to keep my calls positive, and there's going to be so little positive on the field, I thought maybe we could have a little fun. So I'm not trying to offend somebody, but I'm going to put on a silly little voice, and I'm going to tell you all a bedtime story. So I'm thinking maybe Raiders could call in with bedtime stories about when we used to be good to entertain us. So, little people of the Raider Nation, grab your little Raider blanket and get comfortable. And I'm going to tell you a bedtime story about Raider Mystique. Now, there's very many good things about Raider Mystique, but it's Halloween time. So we're going to hear a scary story. Now, Raider Mystique causes the tropical woodpecker raider from assigning proper blame when the raiders put a really inferior brand of football on the field for a very, very long time. So, for example, back in the day, the raiders were really good. We were on Super Bowls, and we were feared on Monday night. But then an evil genius by the name of Bill Walsh came along and changed the game of football forever. And offenses were different. But And what he did was the 49ers, the evil 49ers from across the bay, not only won Super Bowls, but they eventually surpassed our beloved Raiders in Super Bowls. But due to Raider mystique, we were stuck in an outmoded offensive system called stretch the field, and we continued to draft really fast guys and didn't win Super Bowls. But one day, our dear leader brought had a Chucky Doll as a coach, and he implemented our first modern offensive system, and we did pretty good. But one day, the Chucky Doll displeased our dear leader, and he was sent away. 
Esquidal lived to avenge his banishment from the kingdom. Then, what happened is after Chucky left, the raiders became really, really, really pathetic, and they were the laughing stock across the land. But we could always see ex-raiders. They were wonderful raiders, actually, by the name of Fred Bilikov, and I believe the other one was Willie Brown, but I forget exactly. So they would always be our coaches on the field. And we changed coaches like most people change underwear. And then it finally dawned on the woodpecker that we're never going to win Super Bowls as long as coaches are told, oh, yeah, you can you can implement your system, but you're going to have basically no input on the draft, and you can't really change your staff, and you better keep these X Raiders on it. And so we didn't win any Super Bowls. And then one day, our dear leader passed, and everyone was sad, and sincerely, including the Woodpecker Raider in Hawaii. Now, there's very many positive things that our dear leader did we can be very proud of. And maybe I'll tell you that story later, but this is an evil story. So what he did was he gave his retarded son, Mo, the keys to the kingdom. Now, Mo is not your average retard. In fact, one day there was a really important ball in the nation, and all were told to wear silver and black. And little retard Mo walked in with his stupid little haircut in an orange jumpsuit. And little retard Mo not only brought the Chucky doll back, but he gave him the key to every lock in the kingdom forever. And so now, all of the in the Raider Nation are forced to pray for three things. One, that Chucky learns to talk to media so he doesn't tell lies and make the nation sad and make people like our beloved friend Raider Greg upset. Two, we need to hope that he fires the jester, the court jester, and hire somebody who knows how to draft, because little Chucky doll doesn't. And lastly, we need to hope that Chucky remembers how to coach football. And until those happen, we will never win Super Bowls. So, boys and girls, the Tropical Woodpecker Raider is so upset because he's been duped once again by Raider Mystique. Bringing back the ex-Raider will bring us to the promised land. And now I'm afraid I must just hope and pray for those three things. But don't despair, Raider Nation. There's another kingdom far across the ocean where little boys and little girls are told bedtime stories. And they're told them that the reason why they're starving and eating tree bark is not because of their dearly departed leader and their retarded son who has a silly little haircut and silly suits. No, it's because of evil people far across the ocean. So, go to bed, try not to have nightmares about the Chucky doll and the little retarded Mo in the orange jumpsuit. Happy Halloween! Now that was a freaking phone call. That was a great story. <laughs> the little retard Mo. I love it, bro. That is epic. It's got to go down in history here at the Raider Nation podcast. Great call. I don't even know what to say other than I wish for the three wishes every day, just like the rest of us. The buffoonery continues. We just have to hang on because that's just how it is. Appreciate the call. What a great story, bro. Thank you. 
And our next caller is a true silver and black blooded brother. My brother Raider Mike. He is a passionate dude. Love this guy. No matter what, uh, he's my friend. What's happening, my brother? Raider Greg, this is Raider Mike. I have not called in for over a year. Uh, I was going to call in a couple weeks ago because this madness has been driving me crazy. But I was kind of holding out hope um, that the one and only game that I was going to attend, uh, which was against the Colts, which we lost, but uh, it was still a great game. Um, I thought maybe we might be on a winning track and I'd be able to call in and have a positive attitude, but uh, that didn't happen. Uh, first of all, I'm going to need about five minutes, Randy. I hope you give it to me. I haven't called in a long time. And uh, speaking of Randy, uh, my heart and thoughts and prayers go out to him for all the challenges he's going through right now. Um, my heart's with you, Randy. I hope uh, everything uh, turns out okay. And um, anywho, I uh, want to get on to my Raider take. And I just want to say this right now, Greg. I called in this show. Randy can dig it up in your archives. Back in 2012, when we hired Reggie McKenzie, I said it was the dumbest fucking move ever to hire him as a GM. I predicted in 2012 that Reggie McKenzie would never draft or put together or assemble a team that would win a playoff game. I guarantee you that. It's been backed up. I called that shit, smelled it out fucking six years ago. You know what I heard from fans six years ago when he hired Dennis Allen, who went 8-28? and 28? Oh, give him time. Reggie's got a plan. He's got a plan. Let's all wait. Dish out all your money, 30% of your income. Just dish it out. Well, actually, probably about 10 or 15%, but still, I'm just saying, I was told to be patient. He's got a plan. Oh, we signed Flynn. Ooh, DJ Hayden. Ooh, these were awesome, awesome players that we brought to the squad, man. You know, all these other guys, I could just go off the list that were supposed to be these these developing future stars. Just, you know, let's cash in another 4-12 season, another 4-12 season. It was always next year, and I keep saying over and over again, Reggie McKenzie sucks. Fire him. Fire him. Okay? His window, he did produce a uh, – small little window of opportunity to win uh, a playoff game, which was 2016, but as we all know, Derek Carr got injured and broke his bone. And then they made the brilliant move of firing uh, Musgrave, and we hired uh, Downing, who was the biggest turd in the planet, pretty much destroyed Derek Carr's window. And then from there, we've not, we've been nothing but uh, – a swirling shit turn in the toilet. Now, one last thing I want to get to really quick. I'm so sick and tired of people slamming Derek Carr, and even you, Greater Greg, have slammed Derek Carr. Let me remind you of something. Let me just remind you, dude. The, the quarterbacks don't fall off trees, man. Quarterbacks don't fall off trees, all right? 
32 teams in the National Football League have 32 starting quarterbacks. Five of those 32 starting quarterbacks are pretty much the Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. Without a quarterback, you're not shit. We've been chasing a quarterback for 20 motherfucking years. Think about that, 20 years. We've been searching for a quarterback since Rich Gannon came to the uh, Raiders. All right? We have been searching, searching, searching. We finally found a quarterback that can play. A quarterback that was considered to be an MVP in 2016 until he broke his fucking ankle bone. All right? That's a fact, and we have been waiting. And now people are talking about throwing car for a few first-round draft picks? Are you fucking serious? So you want to wait another 20 years to find another quarterback that can actually throw the deep pass and actually be clutch? I mean, 2016, he won nine games in the fourth quarter to come back to win. I don't know what more you have to see about this guy being a legitimate quarterback because he is, okay? Um, John Gruden, flat-out liar, biggest liar in the world. He should have just said, look, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding, okay? Uh, I think a lot of fans would have accepted that. But, um, you know, he chose to, to lie. And uh, you know what? He's sandbagging his playbook. He's sandbagging his playbook, man. He, we, we, he's having Greg Olson call the plays. I mean, come on, get real. He's, call, he's calling the plays. No way John Gruden's calling those plays, all right? And John Gruden's playbook is in the vault, man. He's not busting that shit out until he gets the team to where he thinks it might need to be. Good luck with trying to draft a team and replace the players that you just got rid of. You don't get rid of players unless you have a plan to replace them with better players. How could they know possibly in this 2019 draft, which pretty much is everything, how do they know that this guy, that we're going to get these top quality players? They don't. Fucking stupid, dude. I'm done. I'm so happy and I did not renew my season tickets for this season. I saved so much fucking money. I went to one game, the Colts game, and that will be my last game in Oakland. That was my last game in Oakland. Really sad I didn't get to see you, Greg. I wanted to see you one last time on the Coliseum floor, but it didn't happen. But you know what? We got a lot of memories to take to the grave with us. And I love you, man. Love you, Randy. I hope you guys, uh, you know, continue on. Um, I'll continue doing the videos. I'll always be a fan. Just not going to the games, not buying any more gear. I'll watch the dumpster fire from, an, uh, from a distance and drink some beer. Peace. I love Raider Mike. This is my brother. You can tell. He's passionate as hell. Smart guy. Derek Carr's going. Has nothing to do with how we feel about him. He's not the guy. John Gruden's going to try to pick up a guy like Johnny Manziel and turn him into Carr. That I have no control over. I have no control over the fact that they don't give this guy, Carr, an opportunity to succeed. He don't have a chance, bro. Gruden, he would do Carr a favor by trading him to the Bills or someone else who needs a quarterback, the Jaguars. Because Carr... In the right place, we've seen what he can do. I'm just telling you that he's not good here. He's not good here. He's not good here because 
The team is toxic. The management is toxic. Veggie McKenzie is an idiot. I've been saying this for a long time. The only reason we got Mac and 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 Cooper was because we were so bad that we had a top five pick. That's the only, they fell into our laps. It wasn't like this veggie guy picked these guys in the second round or the third round. They became superheroes. Reggie can't pick his nose nor his ass. Either one. He's not sure which one to pick in the first place. I agree with you. I am so bummed I missed you at that game. I couldn't go. I'd had surgery. I couldn't make it to a game. Matter of fact, the San Diego game might be my first game that I can really go to or want to because I'm, I'm telling you, it's a dumpster fire. You're absolutely right. I, I bid on the hook. I bought my seats, which now John Gruden has made worthless. I will never, and quote me on this, ever forgive him for being a lying piece of shit. And he could have been honest with everyone. And they still would have sold seats. That wouldn't have changed a thing. Not a freaking thing. He was trying to sell seats for Vegas, not for Oakland. Long story short, the team is a dumpster fire. That's a perfect analogy of the entire situation. Love you, bro. You're a great fan and a great dude. And as far as Randy goes, I didn't say that to everybody because it's kind of his personal thing. Um, Yeah, we wish Randy the very best with his family. I want to say that, too, because he knows how I feel. been on the phone with him practically every day. Uh, I just want uh, everyone in the Raider Nation to say prayer for Randy and his wife and his lovely family. Um, And that's about that. Love the call. Love the passion. Always have, bro. And our next caller is Raider Al from New Jersey. Actually, he's from Georgia. No, he's from New Jersey. (laughs) What's going on, Al? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Al from Georgia by way of New Jersey. Haven't called in in a few weeks because I was in devastation mood. But the game against the the last game that we just had against the Colts, you know, before the game, everybody's kicking Derek Carr, get rid of him, trade him, get a pick for him, get him out of there, get him out of California. But you know something? You see what he does when he has time? What people got to remember is we was 12 and 4 with Derek Carr a few years ago. Did you see him against Seattle? Every time he dropped back, he had three and four guys on him. Every time he dropped back. Peyton Manning wouldn't succeed in a situation like that. Derek Carr is our future quarterback. What are we going to do, draft a quarterback and wait another three years for him to develop? We can't do that. We've been waiting long enough. Since 2002, we had one winning season, the, the, the year we went 12-4. and four. And As far as the Amari Cooper trade, I like that trade. We finally won a trade, even though I think they were a little rough on Cooper because if you don't throw him the ball, how can he succeed? In one game, they would go to him. One game, they wouldn't. But I like the fact of getting the number one pick 
because his agent is also Joel Siegel. So he was going to have him holding out next year. It would have been the same like a uh, situation with Khalil Mack, and ain't no way we're going to get a number one pick next year. So I think that was a good trade. We got five number one picks in the next two years. We're rebuilding. People don't want to say it, but we are rebuilding. I think in a few years we're going to be okay. Now let's beat the Niners. Go Raiders. Well, that's a good call, bro. Very good call. First of all, Carr is not successful because the coach is not successful. Carr is not successful because they're not giving him an opportunity to be successful. So my, in my heart, I think we should just let him go like we did Mac, like we did Cooper, to another team where he can be successful. I don't want him to break another bone in his back, his shoulder, his leg, his hip, his pelvis, his eye socket. You name the injury, bro, because he's getting freaking hammered. And it doesn't seem to me like this coach gives a shit. I give a shit. I would rather see A.J. McCarron out there getting his ass kicked and Carr on the bench. I don't care. McCarron's not going to do any worse than Derek Carr right now. Put Carr on the bench and say we're going to save him. He's got an injury, whatever you're going to do, but save him. He's our best player right now. But he's not a good player under this regime, under this playbook, which is lame, and under this offensive coordinator, the reason I say get rid of Carr is he can't play in this scheme. And you're making him a bad quarterback. Gruden is destroying the only good player we have on our team. And Greg Olson, too, that piece of shit. They're destroying Carr. I, I just don't want to see Carr continually getting pummeled every single game that he plays. And the 49ers was a perfect example of him having no protection against a shitty team. They were one and seven, and they beat the crap. They beat us by 27 points. Unheard of. We're, we're not just losing, we're getting embarrassed every week. It's, it's become the joke of the NFL. I'm not saying I want Derek Carr to go, but if you're going to continually treat him like this, well, let him go somewhere where he can actually do something for some other team. The way that Gruden's got this set up, he's going to hurt Carr forever. He's going to damage him completely, and he'll never be the same. That's why he needs to go. Not because he's a bad quarterback, because he has a bad coaching staff and a bad playbook and a bad offensive line. I hope they trade him this week. That would be fine with me. Just for him. We're not going to see any championship play. We're not seeing any comeback from these idiots. We're not going to see anything out of this team for two more years, at least. You know, Carr doesn't deserve it, and Gruden doesn't deserve Carr. 
And our next caller is my very good brother from Las Vegas, Raider Steve. He is the ultimate Raider fan. Trust me, his whole family watches games every week. I don't know about now because it's hard to watch a damn game. What's happening, Steve? Hey, Raider Greg. This is uh, Raider Steve in Vegas. It's the third quarter of the Raider game. It's 31-3, to and we're losing to the 49ers. <sighs> this is tanking, right, I guess? What is this? I don't know what this is. Like, even I mean, they're not, like, I, is this really, this isn't Carr's fault. I mean, they're getting, he, he doesn't have any time to throw. He's getting destroyed. And it doesn't seem like Gruden's putting in any kind of offense to want to win. You know what, man? If this isn't tanking, then Gruden needs to, he needs to just, you know, apologize and go back to the booth because it's just, it has to be, right? This, you can't be losing. I mean, I put, I put money on the Raiders because I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this game to the 49ers. The 49ers suck. And we're way better than the 49ers. So we're getting our asses kicked. I, this is, I mean, it'll be cool having the number one pick and all, man, but it's just not worth it, man. Like, I thank God I'm not drinking beer because, uh, and I, I reached in for a beer and I grabbed a Coke instead. And, uh, man, I just feel bad for all the Raider fans. My dad, especially. Well, of course, I know he's not watching this anymore, but just everybody that's having to go through this, man. And I'm glad I haven't got my season tickets call yet because I got to seriously reconsider whether I want to support this crap anymore. This is awful. I, I, this is the worst. This is definitely the worst I think I've ever seen. This is worse. I, three and thirteen was bad, man. And those uh, Dennis Allen days were bad, but this, I think this is the worst. I. I don't know what we did as a fan base to deserve this, but this is the absolute worst. And I feel bad for everybody involved with this and every Raider fan. And I'm sorry we're going through it. I'm out. Well, there you go. A 1-7 49ers team plays the Raiders, a 1-6 team, with pride on the line. Let's just, let's just think about that for a second. There's pride on the line. And we score three points with Gruden's prolific offense. Carr's going to get his head taken off. He don't care. Gruden don't care. Mo don't care. Veggie don't care. They say they care. Dude, I wouldn't get tickets. I'd hold off, bro. You'll be able to pick them up way cheaper on the secondary market. I will tell you that. Because this nightmare is going to continue long into Vegas. I think they're going to go there and see some big old welcome. Oh, no. They're going to go there to a silent and sketchy fan base that's not quite sure. And I feel bad for the Vegas fan. Because we've been having this trouble for many years. Car is just being destroyed by Gruden's offense and and this idiot Greg Olson. What a piece of shit he is. And Veggie, the whole team's responsible. And Mo. I feel bad for your dad too, longtime Raider fan. And your family, because you know you you guys are very serious uh fans. This is pathetic. 
beyond pathetic. This is the worst Raider football I've ever seen, and I've seen some bad ones. This beats the 2006 Archell debacle with the bed and breakfast offensive coordinator. This is worse, and this is supposed to be better coaches. How pathetic is that? I'm sorry, bro. Don't get those tickets. I'm telling you. Our next caller is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. I don't see how you have much to say, but what do you got, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider, calling from a rainy, dark Northwest, Pacific Northwest. And uh, I just, you know, I'm doing something I almost rarely ever do, which is actually stop watching a game before it's done. Raider Greg, this is some bullshit. Uh, you were right. You called it. When you said that uh, it was time for them, you know, that they were pretty much going to quit and pack up, um, <laughs> they looked like they packed it up all right. Um, just like you called it last game, but this game against the Winers, I mean, I was hoping, man, that at the least they would have come out and at the least for the fans, try to win this game. You know, I mean, it's always nice to beat the Winers, even if it's the only other game that we win this year, but to get blown out by a Winers team that to be honest with you, we're better than is just disgraceful. I'm disappointed in the team. They definitely look like they quit. Um, I don't know. The Amari Cooper trade was a good trade. Um, but, you know, a lot of the players liked them. And so maybe I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of things. But these guys look like they quit already. Um, the defense looks like garbage. Boy, they've regressed so much from the start of the year. I mean, really, the Raiders could have easily have started the season 2-1 and one, and with some luck even beating the Rams, you know. But obviously that didn't happen. They lost the Rams and then lost two close games after that. It's been all downhill after that. Uh, disappointing. I don't mind losing, but uh, I just would always want to see, prefer to see my team at least playing hard. I can take a loss if they're out there playing their asses off and trying to win. If you come up short, I can respect that as a fan. But to just quit like this, season's done. You know, I will still watch all the rest of the games because that's what I do. But uh, utterly disappointed in this team for quitting. And, uh, you know, John will most definitely finish cleaning house. Um, and hopefully he learned from some of his mistakes that he made, you know, beginning with the Khalil Mack trade. That was a mistake. Um, and just, you know, whatever. Uh, probably a new de- defensive coordinator, probably a new offensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's just a lack of talent. And, there, you know, that's probably the biggest issue. So, you know, John's got to focus on, bringing in some talent, which we could do with all those first-round draft picks. You know, it sucks to be talking about next year already, but uh, I just 
you know, just my humble opinion, I don't know if things are going to get any better this year. Anyway, I'm out. Yeah, well, you're not the only one to turn the TV off. I did. I turned it to another channel. I watched another show, whatever it may be, which will be the way it is the rest of the year. I'll watch them until they start looking crappy, and then when they start to look like they do, I'll turn the channel because I, I don't have to worry about it. My problem is I spent 1685 bucks on tickets this year, which are worthless. I'm going to start my fireplace with them next next uh, next couple days. I'm starting my fireplace with Raider season tickets. That's how pissed I am. And it's not just the lack of talent on the field, bro. We have a shitty coaching staff. The worst. The worst. You know, Gruden came in here and he shit-canned all the old coaches that got us to a playoff berth two years ago. And he fired everybody. That's how stupid he is. He's a stupid guy. And we're giving him $100 million because he's a flim-flam man. He's like President Trump. He's got a good line. But after that, it's nothing but hot air. And that's what I think about this coach and the staff. And the players, players are giving up because the coaches are shit. Why would you want to hurt yourself for this organization? I sure as hell wouldn't. Derek's still playing hard because that's in his heart. But I would tell Derek if it were me, dude, just lay down. Throw a couple more interceptions. Don't worry about it. Someone will pick you up. That's a fact. Get off this losing team and get the hell out of here. All right, brother. We're all suffering. That's the way it goes. What can I say? And our next caller, my good friend, Houston Raider Steve. What is happening there in Houston? Same thing that's happening here. <laughs> Sounds like. Hey, Raider Nation, man. What a joke of a game, man. Man, I only saw the second half. I listened to some of the first half in my car, man, working. Man, John Lynch is over there laughing his ass off. The general manager, Kirk Warner's kind of laughing. Mariucci is. Kyle Shanahan, Shanarat's son. You know, I'm sure he enjoyed beating the hell out of our team. We can't tackle. We can't, you know, can't run the ball. Offensive line's mediocre at best. The damn kicker freaking hit the upright. We're a freaking joke. Hey, at least we'll probably get that guy Boza out of Ohio State. Yeah, Nick Boza is even better than his brother. Plays for the Chargers. Joey, I think his name is. Man, what a laughing stock, man. Shit. I'll still be a fan, but it's not easy. Here I hung in to the very end of watching it on TV. You know, that's what I do. You know, I'm trying to be, be there for my team, even when they suck. Now, 50 years of watching this. At least I've been lucky to see them win three Super Bowls in my life. Some people haven't seen any. A friend of mine was born in 84. My friend Oscar Sanchez here, president of H-Town Booster Club. He's the only Super Bowl he's seen is the one we got smoked by John Gruden. Tampa Bay. We won't talk about that anyway. Man, I'm still a fan. I'll be there through, you know, until the day I die. I'm a diehard. And you guys keep hanging in there because uh, I won't walk the plank, won't jump ship. That's silver and black. 
blood in my veins. The Raiders are going to be back. Who knows when, but they'll be back. I'll be there right with them. I'm not going to be a freaking Cowboy fan, Cowgirl fan, whatever, Broncos, Patriots, Steelers. Hell no, no way. Raiders all the way till I die. God bless. My brothers and sisters in Christ. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hang in there. Yeah, Steve, bro, that says it all. You're a good fan. You've been a fan. You'll still be a fan. We'll always be fans. I mean, we're not going anywhere. It is our team. If someone asked any one of us what our team is, even now, the way they play now, I would look at someone straight in the face and say, well, bro, I'm a Raider fan. And they can say whatever they want, and I'll say what I want, and that'll be the end of that. But it's not that I have a choice. You know, you don't have a choice if you're a Raider fan. It's the craziest thing ever. I don't see how anybody could have left this team, but I don't know. I'm getting tired of being people accusing me of jumping off the bandwagon. Go be a fan of somebody else because it's going to get better. Dude, I've been around long enough to see it get better and worse and better and worse, but not the best. That's what I'm waiting for. Appreciate the call, bro. Then our next caller is Raider Jim from the East Coast. What you got for us, Jim? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Jim on the East Coast. Still trying to go through this uh, ridiculous, embarrassing showing on the field last night at Levi Stadium in San Francisco. What, what a joke. That's the worst, worst effort I've ever seen in my life that I can remember from a Raider team. Uh, uh, I honestly felt worse than I did when Jamarcus Russell was the quarterback, and, and we all knew the Raiders were a joke. This was unbelievable. And the the image, the image that sticks in my mind is the difference between the look on Nick Mullins, the undrafted third string, never played in an NFL game. The difference between the look on his face and the look on the five-year veteran Derek Carr was night and day. They should have been swapped. It was Derek Carr that looked like the undrafted rookie that's never been in the NFL game. It was Nick Mullins that looked like the five-year veteran drafted at the at the beginning of the second round. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Don't even don't even know wh- where to begin in talking about the problems on this team. But at this point, we're like an expansion team. The Raiders are that bad. We're like an expansion team. I can't point to any part of the team. Last week against the Colts, Derek Carr looked pretty good. This week, the first drive, he looked decent. But after that, like, what happens to this guy? I don't get it. 
I don't understand. And then I, I, I listen to the press conference, and, and it's like alternate reality here, listening to him talk. He seems like one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. You know, but it was kind of like Jack Del Rio. He seemed like a nice guy. But I didn't want to have lunch with the guy, man. I wanted him to, to coach a winning football team. And that's kind of how I feel about Derek Carr. Nice guy. Would love the meeting. Would love to sit down and talk. But right now, I would just like to see the Raiders, you know, play some competitive football, dude. I don't want to hear about how confident you feel from John Gruden's coaching and how prepared and, and everything. And then go out and lose 34-3 to to the freaking San Francisco 49ers. Oh, boy. I know, brother, you, you probably got the suicide prevention hotline cooking. So I won't I won't keep talking. I had to call though and vent. I had to call and get some catharsis. I'm having I'm having a hard time thinking about any anything else today. So I'm trying to get my mind focused on important things in life. So hoping that by this cathartic effort I'll be able to do it. So thanks for providing an outlet for the Raider Nation, Greg. We'll see what happens next, brother. God bless the beleaguered, downtrodden Raider Nation. Yep, expansion team says it all. We're worse. You know, it's just a freaking shitstorm. And, um, well... Got to call the honey bucket guy to come and suck all the shit out of this team. Coaches, players, and hopefully we can get started again from the very bottom. Um, because this looks like a 1-15 team at best. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Tom out of Minnesota. It's got to be chilly there now. But uh, I know it's chilly on the field here in Oakland for sure, bro. What's happening? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Tom out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, with John Gruden, you can't believe anything that man says. He says at the very beginning, they were, gonna, they were, they were not going to uh, get rid of Khalil Mack. They were going to sign him. And what happens? They get rid of they trade him away. Again, he says about Amari Cooper, we're not going to let him go. We're going to build the offense around him. He lied again. The guy is nothing but a bold-faced liar. Anything that comes out of his pie hole, I don't want to believe. This year, is just it's just the most horrible season I've ever experienced being a Raider fan. I've been a Raider fan since the early 60s, and it's just it's just horrible. I fly down there at least twice, two, two times every season to see games in Oakland from Minneapolis. This year, I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my money. The only reason I'd come down there is to see uh, you guys, my fan base, uh, to tailgate in the parking lot. My wife is a Viking fan up here, and she says, and she used to go to the games in St. Louis, the Rams game, she lived there. She said the most fun she's had at any football game anywhere is the Raider Nation tailgate parties because they party. It's so much fun coming out there, hanging out with other fans, but this crap, this crap that they put on the field, I mean, it's just embarrassing. It really is. I, I'm done with this season. I'm not coming down this year. I got so much Raider gear, jackets, banners, golf shoes, golf golf uh, head covers. I mean, I got jackets. I got shirts. I got jerseys. I got all kinds of stuff. I'm not throwing it away, but I'm like, God, I had so much money invested in all this Raider gear and Raider stuff that 
I'm just going to uh, this year just not even watch football. That's how I feel about it. I I disconnected my DirecTV NFL package, and I'm I'm okay with that. Greg, keep your podcast up because that's the one thing that I look forward to about the Raider Nation podcast. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Love your take because that's pretty much how all the other fans across the country feel. I'm glad you didn't spend any more money. I'm glad you didn't come here for a game. Not that I didn't see you. I'm just glad that you didn't waste your money nor your time. Because for me to even drive from Sonoma County to Oakland Coliseum, the silly little hour it takes to get there, is too much. I'm not doing it. I have seats. They're empty. They'll be empty. I'm not selling them. I'm using them to start my fireplace because that's all I can do to protest the shit that we have to watch uh, day in, weekend in, and weekend out. There is no possible way the Raiders will win another game. Not with this. Not the way it's going. And they keep picking up has-beens and broken players and people who've been cut. Old old guys been on six, eight teams already. Dude, it's over. I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad we're here too because this is my vent and I vent all the time. And I'm just being honest. And there's a lot of guys on the internet, brave souls, telling me what a non-fan I am and what a guy, what a quitter, don't quit. It's going to get better. What are these guys, like 10 years old? I certainly haven't been around to see a Super Bowl. There's not one guy on Facebook that has said crap to me that has been around long enough to even know about this team. They're Raider fans. They're going to be here through thick and thin. Well, they've never seen thick, so I don't know what their point is. They're seeing a lot of thin right now. No one's jumping ship. But it's hard to watch this mess, that's for sure. And I don't blame you. I don't blame anyone for not going to a game nor watching the game because they, honestly, are not worthy of the fan base that they have. Appreciate the call, bro. And our next caller, Cheesehead Raider from Wisconsin. What is happening, Cheesehead? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Cheesehead Raider from Wisconsin. Well, heading into work Saturday morning, 3.30. Just got done last night watching the debacle over in the bay against the whiners as they whooped the living daylights out of the Oakland Raiders. I was kind of uh, shocked as poorly as they played. Carr sacked six times. No touchdowns. Good thing he didn't have any interceptions. 171 yards passing. Offense is horrible. John losing over there with his head down, thinking, how incredible is it that mental midget Mo Davis would pay me a hundred million dollars to screw this franchise. 
They played pretty good against the Colts. Offensive line held up well. We're into it at the end. But get those whiners. They're just a stellar team on the way to the Super Bowl. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're only 2-7. and seven. I forgot. No, they, they absolutely suck just a little bit less than the Raiders do. Raider Greg, yeah, I love the Oakland Raiders. And what is happening is just a disgrace. Defense playing somewhat well, but get gassed because the offensive line can't do anything. Offensive line breaking down, car taking sacks. Sometimes he gets a little happy foot, steps up forward in the pocket too much, then walks right into the defender. We got uh, five big brawling guys that are better for power blocking than the zone blocking, but whose decision is that? That would be John Lusen's. The offensive coordinator, Olsen, he's not responsible for anything. Gruden's the one that puts in the plays. Gruden's the one who calls the plays, sets up the practices, looks at the film, decides how to attack the ups the team. Then we talk about how he doesn't have the players. And yet I've said before, it's amazing how in New England they can take anybody and consistently make it to the playoffs. We could sit here and whine and complain about Gruden, Olsen, Carr, offensive line, defensive coordinator, but the simple fact of the matter is this all falls at the feet of Mo Davis. He's over there looking at Veggie. You got any ideas? No, I got no ideas. Looking at John Gruden. Hey, you got any ideas? Oh, I'm just going to take this $100 million and uh, destroy the whole legacy of this team. So, sad. He's out there, John Gruden, talking about how all these players want to come to Oakland in response to a couple of his former players saying how he's a backstabber. He is an arrogant, selfish, bloated, full of his own press clippings, and we're stuck with this guy for at least four to five more years. There is so much more I could say gone over my couple minutes. I'm so disgusted. So much stuff runs through my mind. Hopefully someone will see something and get this straightened out. This is a disaster. I, it, it is just unbelievable. Very well said, bro. And the fact that his past players said he was a backstabbing liar, well, the truth hurts. The truth hurts me because I believe this piece of shit hurts everyone else who invested this year. But other than that, I honestly think he's going to have to pay for it one way or another. His reputation is garbage. And it will be so. He will not get another shot at coaching in this lifetime for sure. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller is from North Carolina. Ruben's on the line. Raider Ruben, what is happening? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Ruben calling from North Carolina. Well, here we are another weekend. Another player gets cut. This time it's Bruce Irvin. 
good riddance. It's pretty evident that this guy was pretty much overrated. Uh, he played on, on a tremendous defense in Seattle and and coming to Oakland without Mac. Yes, and I said the name that should not be said. I don't care. Um, I'm just gonna keep on beating that drum. Yeah, that was a big mistake. But anyways, without a pass rusher on the other side, we all saw how weak of a pass rusher um, Bruce Irvin was. So I'm glad he's gone along with that weak spring move. He was trying to pull on off offensive linemen that never worked. Um, I don't care if he had three sacks. His three sacks meant nothing. Not when you have only one win. So um, I'll go back and quote something he uh, repeated from the great John Gruden uh, that, you know, the Raiders defense wasn't good even with Mac on a team. So, you know, the Raiders may not have been good on defense with Mac on a team, but they were terrible without him. So um, I want, you know, all you people out there, you know, defending the Raiders trading Mac away to go back and find those quotes because I'm pretty sure they're out there. I'm, I'm not making that up. And, uh, you know, I see online where, you know, People are calling for more unity in the Raiders fan base and in Raider Nation. I don't think there's any, you know, if there's any division, it's the ones who are defending uh, the current status of the team and stuff like that. Um, If you're not a, a Sunday ticket holder like I am who lives on the East Coast and has to pay X amount of dollars just to watch my beloved Raiders every Sunday during the football season or the diehard to buy season tickets like yourself, Greg, um, and don't feel betrayed. I don't know this. I don't want to say there's something wrong, but maybe you should think about, you know, before you go out there criticizing the people who are complaining about what's going on. I know this is, this is total, total betrayal. You know, we're, we're sort of building dudes talking about, you know, we're going to have a winning season and all of this and that, all these promises, you know, coming to the end in Oakland, you know, all these promises were being made and nothing. You know, I understand Al Davis was a team to Vegas, not to Vegas, but to um, L.A. back in the 80s. And that was in the protest of, of, you know, trying to get a stadium. But I don't think Al Davis um, disrespected the fans like Mark Davis has. Mark Davis has completely and totally disrespected the fans by, you know, doing all of this gimmicky BS by bringing Beast Mode, bringing John Gruden and all that, you know. It's just, like I said in in the last podcast where I was lucky for having my phone call played, this is all a gimmick. Um, It's a gimmick to get people to buy PSLs in Vegas and all this other stuff. It just really sucks. You know, you know, we had a, a team with high hope and now there's a team with no hope for this season. And who knows how long um, this hopelessness is going to last, but it just sucks. And, um, you know, I just want people to realize that all the angry fans that are out there, you know, is we don't hate the team. We just hate to see what's going on with the team. You know, with the last <clears throat> 15 years, you know, ever since the, the Super Bowl where, 
you know, all these hopes of winning and, you know, we laid a big goose egg against a team that was built by Tony Dungy and, you know, Chucky gets all the credit for. So, you know, it just sucks. Uh, that's my two cents. Just something that's been on my mind since, you know, yesterday. And, you know, just, I guess we just got to hang in there for another eight more games and deal with this nonsense and hope hope for the best. And on that note, Greg, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Well, thank you for the call. That's probably the best explanation I could probably give, better than I could give, of why there's so many of us so freaking pissed off. Now, if you're going to lie to me and say you're going to do all this and I just sit at home and watch on TV, maybe buy a jersey, or buy a cup holder or whatever. That's one thing. But when you're lying and people are putting their hard-earned freaking money, thousands of dollars, people, money they don't have. Oakland fans are working people, man. I mean, this is not, it's not disposable income like, we got extra money, let's go get some Raider tickets. No, it's like, okay, instead of going to Hawaii this year, or instead of taking a vacation or buying that whatever, we're going to get tickets. We're going to go to the games because it's going to be so much better. Complete sham. One of the biggest shams I have ever been a part of. It's a travesty. It's a joke. The NFL is a joke. The Raiders are a complete joke. And you know, it's funny, I'm hearing this all day on every sports talk show about how Gruden took Dungy's team to the Super Bowl. I hope he hears it every minute. I hope it echoes in his melon all day and all night. Because he is not a Super Bowl winning coach. That is obvious from here. And the Raiders are not a team at all from here. I don't know where they're playing next year, which is the biggest satisfaction I have. And if they play in Oakland next year, I hope the only fans in the seats are Seagulls. I hope they don't sell a single season ticket to anyone because that would be the best thing for my satisfaction if they stay but I don't think they're going to stay hope the city of Oakland kicks their ass out and they can play at some high school stadium I don't give a shit they don't deserve to stay in Oakland they haven't earned the right to stay in Oakland after the lies and deceit and I'm sorry for any other fan that bought into that, because I did. I bought into it 100%. Hook, line, and sinker. Sell me that piece of shit old used car. Because I bought it. I might go on and on anymore, because it is what it is. And we're just going to have to wait and see. I hope we don't win a single game this year. We've already lucked out with the Browns. I hope we don't luck out with anybody else, because... We're going to need that top five pick. 
because we're not going to have a team next year either because we're not going to play anywhere. So it's obvious that their investment is not here. So they can just pack up their little silver and black suitcases, pack up all the gym shit like they did when they moved to L.A. in the middle of the night and the moving vans come in and then just get the fuck out of here. That would be fine with me. I ain't paying for no TV shit in Vegas. If they don't play the Raiders games here, well, I'll just watch it on the internet for free after the game. Because that is how much I'm going to invest in the Raiders in the future. I'm not investing. My investment is over. They're still my team, but they will not get another penny. I'm not buying Raiders socks. I'm not buying Raiders shoes. I am going to not buy shit when it comes to the Raiders. I've got plenty of gear, just like everyone else does. i got a closet full of silver and black. I don't need to buy another thing, and I'm not gonna. They got their last penny from me until they earn it. When they earn it, I'll open up my wallet, and I'll start to pay. Until then... I ain't getting a freaking stamp. I ain't getting a freaking tennis shoe, a jersey, a hat. Everything I have is going to have to do for the foreseeable future because this team don't deserve my money. And on that note, I am Raider Gray, and I am out. <laughs>